0: வணக்கம்
1: நீங்க கேட்டிட்டிருக்கிறது சூமா ப்ரொடக்ஷனோட பகதரம் பாட்காஸ்ட். வணக்கம் நண்பர்களே இந்த பதிலல நம்ம பேச போறது நம்ம அடிமையாவதிலிருந்து எப்படி. இப்படி ஒரு தலைப்பு எல்லா அரசியல் கட்சியும் ஒழிப்போம் அவங்களுடைய அந்த தேர்தல் ஒரு சிலர் பக்கம் எடுத்து பார்த்தா இன்னைக்கு தேதியில பெருசா இருக்குற Orthur uh, Orthur, or niing kah uh, madu kundan dengke, uh, Sarah ekadilan de saran dengke, abdingerdo. Aunggonde, nang to, mood nanda me ai, ipre ipre wortro kotor di ditera, kadai siwari kaya, ஒரு தேர்தல் பிரச்சாரத்துக்கு pun, apading gardu ur terdhal prachara, tu ke pain beritra ur, tu peacu porala mati meida, andiruke sel batla, varala, ana ijo, ande terdhal kano tatala pakum, bodu madu wordi pun, ande berong madu matu hice peacitu bohir ranga, ana unmei landu madu matu mulla, palveyr vidaman ana கல்லூரி மாணவர்கள் எல்லாம் அந்த கோரெக்ஸ் னு ஒரு காஃப் সিরাপன்னு கடிக்கும் மருந்து கடையில அத வாங்கி குடிச்சிட்டுるபாங்க இப்டலாம் பல்வேற விதமா இருக்கும் ஆனா இன்னைக்கு தேதியில காவல் துறை அதிகாரيين கிட்ட செய்தி ஊடகங்கள்ல பார்க்கற செய்தி ஹெராயின் கோக்கின் இந்த மாதிரியான வெளிநாட்டுல பிராப்ளமா இருக்கிற பல போதை பொருட்கள் வந்து அது ரசாயன போதை பொருட்கள் இது வந்து ஒரு ஆபத்தான சூழ்நிலைக்கு நம்ம நாட்டை கொண்டு போக போகுது இப்பதான் இது ஆரம்பிச்சிருக்கு ஏனா சில வருடங்களுக்கு முன்னால அதான் இந்த மாதிரியான செய்திகள் வர ஆரம்பிச்சது இந்த மாதிரி தென் தமிழ்நாட்டுல காவல் துறை அதிகாரிகள் வந்து நடத்தின சோதனையில 2 கிலோ ஹெராயின் மாட்டச்சு 3 கோக்கின் புடிச்சாங்க இந்த முறலாம் வருது இதெல்லாம் வந்து விலை உயர்ந்த போதைப்பொருள் பெரும்பாலும் மேற்கத்திய நாடுகளில் இந்த அதனால் அந்த நாடுகள் அழிஞ்சதும் உண்மைதான் இன்னைக்குத் தியத்லயும் அந்த நாடுகள் வந்து இந்த போதைபுரல்ல இருந்து அவங்க மக்களை காப்பாத்தறதுக்கு கஷ்டப்பட்டுட்டு நம்ம நாட்டலயே இதே போதைபுரட்கள் வந்து இப்ப வந்துட்டதனால நம்ம வந்து இன்னும் அந்த நாடுகளோட நிலையை அடையல கூடிய நிலை வந்துரும் ஆனா இன்னும் நம்ம பாதிப்படடை எதுக்க நாட்கள் அதிகம் அது குறிப்பா இது சமந்தமான வெளிப்பு நிரு நமக்கு தேவ அப்படிங்கதனாலேதான் இந்த பதிவு இந்த பதில என்ன செய்ய போறோம் அப்டினாாக அமெரிக்காவ்ல இந்த டி அடிக்ஷன் எக்ஸ்பர்ட் அப்டிீனாங்களலத்துல சொல்லுவங்க அப்படி ஒரு நிபுநரவர் அவரே ஒரு காலத்துல போதை அடிமையா இருந்தவர் அந்த இருந்து மீண்டு வந்து இந்த இல்ல மது இந்த அடிமையா அதல இருந்து மீட் எடுத்து அவங்கள நல்வழி படுத்துறதே இவர் தொழிலா வச்சிருக்கார். மயாமி காவல் துறையிலயும் இவருக்கு ஒரு பணி இருக்கு. இப்படி இந்த வந்து நமக்கு தெரிய வந்துச்சு. அவரை நாம நேநேதளம்ல சந்திச்சோம். இந்த மாதிரி எங்க நிகழ்ச்சியில நீங்க பேசணும். நான்ங்களுக்கு சில கேள்விகள்லாம் இருக்கு. அப்படி சொல்லி அவரை கூப்பிட்டிருந்தோம். அவர் வந்து சீக்கிரமாவே ஒత్తుக்கிட்டார். அதே மாதிரி வந்து நல்லா பேசினாரு. வாங்க நம்ம அந்த Hi, John.
0: Uh, welcome to Pahar Review podcast. Uh, you know, we would like to begin with a brief introduction from your side.
2: Hi. Uh, I'm a recovering addict, an alcoholic. I'm uh, coming up on 36 years in recovery. Uh, I work with 30 universities, scientists from all over the world. Uh, I'm in 73 medical and scientific peer-reviewed journals. Uh, my son almost died from this disease, so I made it my life's work to help Addicts and alcoholics, and people that have eating disorders, or gambling addiction, or sex addiction, shopping addiction. Uh, to us, it's called RDS, Reward Deficiency Syndrome. That means that you have a lack of dopamine in your brain. So that's what I do. So I go all over the world and I lecture. I lectured in Taipei, I lectured in Budapest, and now I'm honored to talk to you about your country. Sure,
0: sure. Uh- Thanks for joining uh, our podcast. Now, uh, uh, in uh, your profile, I did come across this fact that you are associated with the Miami police as well.
2: Yes, I'm a chaplain for the Miami Miami Police Department. Mm -hmm. I'm also a grandmaster in the martial arts. Mm -hmm. I'm a 10th degree black belt national karate champion and black belt hall of fame. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of things I have. I'm a a therapist. I'm an addict. My kids are addicts Mm -hmm. in recovery, thank God. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know it from every angle.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Thanks for that. Uh, so my, my first question is uh, on this whole definition of addiction. At what point does uh, you know, any kind of substance use become an addiction? How does one conclude that he or she is addicted?
2: Okay, well, it, there's a simple way of doing it. When you continue to use a substance or a behavior in spite of adverse consequences, in other words, you keep doing something that's hurting you, and you don't stop. We call that addiction.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, now, uh, you know, based on your experience, what age group do most addicts fall into?
2: Well, it used to be with alcoholism in the 50s, 60-year-old rate, okay? Today, alcoholism is in the teenagers now, and younger people are starting to go to treatment at ages 18 20 25 23 i'm sure you are finding that in your country as well if i read correctly they got a 30% uptake of addiction in in india now
0: yeah uh, I, 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 and, and you're very right about it uh, you know now that you have mentioned uh, the case of india uh, you know what i would like to ask is this uh, uh, I have uh, been speaking with uh, you know, uh, members of the law enforcement here, police officers, and of late we are hearing news even on the media that uh, you know, drugs like cocaine, heroin, meth, these are uh, uh, you know, uh, being confiscated. You know, we are hearing about incidents of you know, uh, a group of officers went on a raid and then kilograms of a particular kind of drug uh, you know, some, like cocaine, heroin, these were confiscated from those raids. So these this these very names, cocaine, heroin, meth, these are things we are usually familiar from movies, mostly Hollywood movies. That that's where we hear these names. Here it's it it, it used to be largely uh, uh, alcohol and marijuana. That that used to be the primary addiction. Piece yes. when it Comes to uh, uh, now you know, it's opiates,
2: things. methamphetamine. Yeah, no, it's
1: a
0: whole ketamine. yeah different class of drugs which we only knew the name, and that's because the movies used it. But right now, right. and and those are supposed to be expensive, I, I, and those drugs are being uh, you know confiscated in the amounts of kilograms, uh, and it's all over the place. And so you know what we are really seeing is uh, you know this whole uh, drug uh, use trend is migrating to a whole new platform. And uh, you know if if my assumption is right, uh, you know we are at a point. Where uh, you know uh, any other uh, uh, Western country was many years ago, so they have you know Western uh, economies have evolved, their legal systems have come up stronger, laws have come up, and and still there's that there, there is a battle against these uh, issues. But uh, here, you know, uh, I am trying to understand what is going to be the future uh, you know uh, of this indian society given our own circumstances and our own issues when you know a whole new uh, family of drugs has entered uh, we don't know how we don't know from where but then what used to be a, a small portion uh, you know when we grew when we grew up we always knew one among the gang uh, you know is uh, has access to drugs and you know we are just we, we would be advised by our parents to you know stay away from them. And those are not individuals who would uh, uh, you know socialize too much as well. So they tend to be alone and they have their own group. So we would know. Uh, and you know that's just a small uh, group of kids. You know in be it school or college. But right now uh, you know that distinction is getting dissolved as we speak. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much becoming a fashion statement to be associated with this. And uh, the concern is that we are headed in a very wrong direction. So based on your observation, what do you think is the Indian scenario when it comes to, uh, you know, addiction?
2: Well, here's the deal. All around the world, it's spreading more and more and more. It used to be certain countries was just alcohol and a little marijuana. Now it's going... To uh, the opioids, but now opioids—it's an opiates—not just about heroin. Okay, now they're doing fentanyl and carfentanyl, and these are very, very powerful opioid drugs, and people are dying uh, in, in the United States. I don't know if you know that. Um, there's a 52 percent increase in uh, ODs. Now, in your country, what's happening is, of course, because of poverty, and same thing in this country. And because of the social environment and the social peer pressure and all of this stuff that's going on, uh, people are turning to, to drugs to medicate themselves and also to medicate mental illness, such as depression and anxiety. And so what's happening is is that it's becoming more and more readily available and cheaper and cheaper to go get and easier to get. So what's happening is is that it's just permeating societies. Now, in your culture, you have a strong, beautiful culture that these kids are missing out on their culture. And what, what's happening in the families is that what I read is most men are doing the drugs. Now you got women are doing a lot of this also. So you guys are catching up to us, which is not a good thing to do. And, and, and it's sad because most people don't... Most treatment centers really don't know how to handle this. And that's why I lecture about this because it's not just a psychological problem or a peer, a peer pressure problem. That's one piece of the problem. Addiction is like a mosaic. Okay. What that means is, is that people also have other co contributing factors to addiction. Now, I work with Dr. Ken Blum. He's the geneticist who found the addiction gene. Now, there is a gene for addiction. Now, just because you have that gene doesn't mean you're going to become an addict or an alcoholic because there's such a thing as called epigenetics. Now, epigenetics, okay, means the social environment can change what is known as the gene expression. So that means you, you're not guaranteed to become an addict, okay? It's just that you are, are, are geared up to become one. doesn't mean you have to become one. Now, what, with the latest science, the, what's going on with science, we don't look at addiction like alcohol, drug addiction, gambling, sex, uh, spending addiction, eating disorders. We call it RDS, reward Deficiency syndrome. Now, what all that fancy language means is you don't have enough recepticides in your brain, okay, for dopamine and serotonin, which is the feel-good drugs that we manufacture naturally. Now, addicts, what they're seeking is dopamine and serotonin. So they get it in many different ways because everybody has what I call a different footprint. We're all different. We're not one shoe... Fits everyone. So you got a psychological piece, you have a spiritual piece, and you have a physical piece and an emotional piece. So there's a lot of pieces to addiction. And the problem is, is for over 60 years, we've been treating addiction just psychologically. And our numbers are not too good. And not only that, treatment is too short of a time, number one. Treatment should be anywhere from 90 to 120 days. The brain needs to heal. We know drugs and alcohol damage the brain. So if it damages the brain, it needs time to heal. So the information that is being imparted to people in treatment, okay, they can assimilate and they can understand, right? So the brain's offline. It's not working very well. I know when I was in treatment, who remembers what the heck they were talking about? I did not even understand half of it. You know? So that's what happens with addiction. And, and, and what the problem is, that's why I go all over the world, you know, lecturing the people and countries and what they need to do, and, you know, and things of that nature. What, what's really important is the support group. Treatment is only scratches the surface of what's going on. And then aftercare, which is your support group, like self-help groups and things of that nature, they need to be in place. Otherwise, people go back to what they're familiar with. And they go right back into the same society, the same families. Families need to go to treatment also, which in this country we have called Al-Anon, Naranon, where families can start understanding about addicts and alcoholics and how to deal with them. If you don't get the family involved, the client goes right back to the family. It's the same things that are going on before they went to treatment and they just go back to doing what they've always done. That makes sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, understood. Thanks for that. Now, uh, uh, here's an observation. Tell me how wrong I am. Do most addicts come from poor backgrounds? Does poverty... Make someone more vulnerable to addiction? Is that a correct assumption?
2: Well, let's look at it this way. Let's look at what poverty does, number one. Okay, first of all, poor medical in poverty. Okay, they don't get the same as people that have money. Yeah, that's number one. Yeah, right? Yeah. It must be the same in your country. Yeah, 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 right. Number two, food. They don't eat right, so their whole body's out of whack. Okay, education, substandard education, compared to other people. And now you have poverty, which they don't feel they can come out of this terrible place that they're living in with no money, no job. Uh, they wind up turning to crime. Uh, you know, I, when I started in recovery, I got divorced from my wife and I was homeless and you know, and I used to do, I used to sell drugs uh, to, to make money. I used to do collection work for the smugglers to make money because that's all I knew. And when I got into treatment and recovery, I learned that there was another way. Now, did I believe that it was possible not to use drugs ever again? No. I thought, well, maybe I'd just stop for a little while and everything will be okay. Well, if you keep going to meetings, you go to therapy, you eat right, and exercise is very important because stress, boredom, and loneliness, okay, is a killer along with shame and guilt is what a lot of people have. Oh, I didn't live up to mom and dad's expectations, you know, and everybody says, well, low self esteem. Where does low self esteem come from? It comes from expectations from other people and from yourself. And then you beat yourself up saying, well, I'm not good enough. Or no matter what I do, it's not good enough. And then addicts, what they do is they blame other people for their life. And they don't take charge of their life. Uh, I wrote a book on how to beat your addictions and live a quality life. You can get that on Amazon. And the way I wrote that book is I interviewed around 200 addicts, alcoholics, people with other uh, behavioral problems, and who are in recovery for a while, all right, for at least two years. And I wanted to know what they did to stay clean and sober and to help with their behaviors. And I put that into the book. Then I interviewed about 100, 150 people that chronically relapsed. And I want to know what they did or what they didn't do. And I put that into the book. Then I put my own experiences into the book. And there's diets in the book. There's nutrients that you need to take. A lot of people, I don't know if you know about this, that such a thing as heavy metals, toxicity, mercury, lead, antinomy. Well, all these heavy metals, okay, we found 85% of the people that came to our treatment center, okay, who we tested, had heavy metals. Now, what does that do? Well, that interferes with what we call neurotransmission, okay, the way the brain talks to itself. And you'll see this in people that have attention deficit disorder or attention hyperactivity disorder, bipolar disorder, they're all over the place, they can't focus, they get bored easily. Uh, It could be also because of heavy metals in the brain, and they have to, what they call chelation, to chelate those metals out, so the brain could start going back to functioning properly. Now, you also have your gut, your stomach, or your flora. It's called a microbiome or microbiota, okay? Now, the microbiome is where bacteria lives, good bacteria and bad bacteria. Most people don't realize that 90% of your dopamine and serotonin, your feel-good drugs, are manufactured in your gut. And what happens with that, it goes up what is known as the vagus nerve, all right, up to the brain, and that's how you get your dopamine and your serotonin. So if your gut is messed up because you don't eat right, you're extremely stressed out, you're doing substances and drugs and alcohol and you're messing up your body, your serotonin is all messed up, your dopamine gets messed up, and autoimmune diseases start popping up. Like a lot of people are overweight, they have diabetes, they have high blood pressure. And you have all these co-contributing factors to addiction that most treatment centers are not looking at. They're only looking at mommy left you when you were three, daddy beat you when you were five, and that's why you are the way you are, Now, look, trauma is also a way for addiction, okay? We all know all this stuff. We know about early childhood trauma. We know all of that. We know the social environment. We understand all that. We understand also poverty. We understand social pressure. We know all of this, okay? That has to be addressed. But what we don't focus on is the body it's not just the head that goes to treatment. It's the whole body. We have to look at people's eating habits. We have to look at people's exercise. We have to give them blood work to see what's going on inside of them. Because there's other things that cause depression and anxiety. And if you have the gene for addiction, you're going to try to medicate that. And you might think it's psychological. Well, it's, it's, it's medically. It's metabolic. And people don't even know that. And then most addicts don't drink enough water to flush out toxins out of their body and they're protein deficient. Protein is the substance that makes neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters is how our brain functions. Do you yeah, have any um, questions?
0: Yeah, so uh, the, that was really an eye opener where you discussed the physical side of uh, addiction and, and you know what happens inside the body. And even I had this perception that it's largely mental uh, and psychological which is driving the addicts. Uh, but, but thanks for opening uh, that part of uh, the discussion. Now uh, the situation that we are facing here is you did mention how poverty makes one vulnerable uh, uh, to uh, such addiction. But uh, you know we are having a situation where a lot of uh, you know we you know we, you know economically you know people from economically humble backgrounds uh, and you know uh, construction workers who are who, who do not have all the economic resources accessible to them they are dependent on their daily wages and that particular demographic is you know a, a, a good chunk of it you know it, it's easy to assume 70 to 80 percent of it is dependent on alcohol so if they are going whatever they make every day Towards the close of uh, business, you know, once they're done with the day's work, at least 40 percent of their earnings goes for alcohol. They need to drink every day. They they have this physical dependency, and a, a good chunk of the population is on this. Adding to this is uh, availability of adulterated alcohol products. Uh, uh, you know, we don't know what kind of chemicals are getting there. There's so much of tampering happen there. Knockoffs are in the market. Uh, and, and and this demographic is not fully educated and they don't know what they are drinking. All they care about is how much booze I can get for the cheapest price possible. Every day after work, they spend uh, close to half of their earnings uh, in alcohol. And as a result, their family is also suffering. Now, when you have a, a large portion of the society uh, un, under this influence of alcohol, how would that treatment be? You know, I'm trying to understand the difference between treating one individual's alcohol issue with the whole society's alcohol issue?
2: Well, here's the thing, it's just like Russia. Russia has a severe alcoholic problem because part of their culture is to drink. So it's a very difficult thing to change cultural way of looking at things. What is the driver for people to drink or do drugs? It's called stress, okay? So we need to educate people how to get rid of their stress so they won't look for these substances to medicate themselves. Now, this is a very difficult thing to do because, first of all, I don't know what it's like in your country as far as treatment goes. All right, Do they need insurance? Is treatment free? Um, I know there's about 500 treatment centers in, in New Delhi and, and different places, but I don't know if people can afford treatment there. So I'm a little at, what happens if somebody has no money and wants to go to treatment?
0: Yeah, so uh, on that, uh, there is a large uh, wave of lack of awareness here. Not many people know that addiction is an issue that, you know, people drinking on a daily basis is actually an indicator of a problem. You know, many people haven't acknowledged that as a problem. They have now taken that as part of their lifestyle. Uh, So lack of awareness is already there. Uh, But those in the urban areas, the educated folks, they do understand this and family, there are rehabilitation centers, uh, both private and government operated and families do send people there. But, uh, you know, and and I know people personally who have been to those rehabilitation centers, they have come back, but in most cases, they relapse. And uh, some of those who relapsed, you know, two, three times, Uh, you know, sadly, they are not there anymore. So, you know, they, they, you know, their end was kind of uh, dark so much that, you know, they had so many medical complications. They vomited blood. They had lung infections. They got hospitalized. They were in serious condition and then they passed away. Uh, And this was like after the third time uh, they relapsed. So, yes, uh, you know, Educated and economically affluent families do have the awareness and access to rehabilitation services, but uh, it's not entirely successful because, as you said, uh, the contribution has to come from many quarters. And in most cases, the families kind of throw them. So the rehabilitation center is practically a prison. Uh, And and there have been cases of rehabilitation centers using violent methods uh, to cure addiction, and that have also come up on media where uh, again you know the justice system has to go in and then correct all those but then uh, yes it is there but it is not comprehensive and it is not fully effective but then lack of awareness is the problem there here at least
2: well you see that's the problem it's it's education and it's also people look at it when you're an alcoholic or joy they look down on those people okay yeah about, uh, about, it, about that
0: uh, uh, you know people from you know the, this is where i was head, uh, headed uh, earlier you when you mentioned about poverty and addiction a lot of times when uh, you know these addicts are viewed you know they come from poor backgrounds and one way or the other those who are an, under the influence of drugs and alcohol they are closely associated with crime and they are not viewed as nice people by you know their own family circles and their own locality uh, they are usually the rough guys and who everyone wants to stay away from and every time the regular people look at those uh, addicts you know they the first thing that comes to they, they get stereotyped these addicts get stereotyped saying you guys call yourself poor you guys always want government benefits you guys always take all the benefits from the government but then you spend all the money on your drugs and alcohol and then you just keep doing crime and you expect the government to feed you you are not pulling yourself up so you know th- their poverty is thrown back at them saying you know you are responsible for your poverty you are using the government benefits but in the end you are just whiling away your time uh, without working hard for your livelihood and you are just wasting your resources on drugs so how, how, how do we comprehend that so it is poverty okay. that pushes well, here's,
2: the the- here's the deal okay imagine if you had diabetes okay so should we look bad at, doubt at people that have diabetes no Right, Right. okay, so it's a disease, right? So addiction is a disease, all right? And the problem is, is that alcoholics and addicts, they keep doing the same thing over and over again. They lie, they cheat, they steal, they drink, they take advantage of people because their brains are offline. They're not working properly, all right? So the problem is, instead of giving them a handout, They got to go to treatment and then in treatment, they got to work. They got to start learning different skill sets. So when they leave treatment, they have some place to go and something to do. Too often people go into treatment. They go there for 30 days. They come out, they go back to the same stuff they were in and they keep relapsing. Because for never, people are not looking at the whole person. We're only looking at the guy that's drinking. What about the family? Where's the support? What about them going into getting educated on this disease? I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't um, disown somebody that had high blood pressure. You wouldn't disown somebody that had cancer. You know, what you got to do is you have to learn about this. See, most places, they don't, they don't have good education. They don't educate people on this disease. They have limited information. They try to copy from other places which also has limited information, all right? That's why people like myself and Dr. Blum and Dr. Deborah Mash, uh, who's a neuromolecular molecular scientist, okay, we go around lecturing and doing our best to teach people and even countries how to deal with stuff. You need support systems. You need uh, self-help groups. They need therapy. And it's not just for 60 days. Okay, you need time to heal. You know, it's not just this quick fix. It's what everybody looks for is a quick fix. And that ain't. that's not going to happen. It took time to get sick. It takes time to get well. But you need the proper help. And most places don't have the proper help. And they're only f- fixing one part of the problem. And they're not fixing the whole thing. That's what we call holistic, which is comprehensive. Holism. You have to look at the mind, body, spirit. You have to address all these issues. But most treatment centers don't know how or don't look in that direction. They keep following an old model that doesn't work. There's a saying that we have. If you keep doing the same things over and over again, inspecting different results, it's not going to happen.
0: Right. Yeah, 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 totally. Un- understood. Now, uh, you, you did explain the social and the economic angles to this uh, addiction problem. Now, again, uh, this whole stereotyping thing, when people look at addicts, uh, you know, they're usually, you know, I, I would like to get your views on the connection uh, between, uh, you know, substance abuse, uh, addiction, and crime. How are these two related?
2: Yeah, they go hand in hand. First of all, your brain's, your brain's offline. So now what happens is you feel like, you know, society is not helping you, even though maybe they, you know, they can, if you looked hard enough to find some help, or maybe you can't get help, all right? So they go to the easiest way is to do crime, okay? And crime goes hand in hand with addiction. You know, you make quick money selling drugs, You make, you know, quick money uh, doing things that are illegal, you know. Um, Addicts think other people don't deserve what they have and they shouldn't get it. Because their brains are not working right. And um, until they get some spirituality, okay, until they start seeing themselves for where they really are at and get some help and some guide to show them and not just help them with addiction, okay? They gotta, people got to learn how to deal with life on life's terms, how to get a job, where to work. Maybe there is no work. Maybe you had to start your own business. You got the internet. People are making money doing that. Instead of this attitude of I can't, I won't, I'll never, you know, I, I'm an inner city kid. So I come from the, the bad neighborhoods where that's what everybody did. They stole, they robbed, they sold drugs, they beat up people. You know, they rob people. Um, that was my neighborhood that I grew up in. So I'm very familiar with poor neighborhoods. I, I lived in that. I was in gangs when I was a kid. So I know all about that stuff, and I know what they're up against. Okay? But the bottom line is there are kids in, in, in the inner cities and these places that are with, with all this poverty that rise above it. But they're going to have to want to, and they have to do the work. They can't sit on their ass and play in plain English and expect to be fixed. Yeah. They got to do the work, and that's the hard part. Because when I try to when I when I tell addicts, oh, it's real simple, okay? How you doing? Okay, how's your life? So if you don't think your life your life is hard work, you got to figure out how you gonna get money for the drugs. You got to hide it in life from everybody. You got to sit down and be depressed. Okay, well, after you get high for a while, then you get depressed. Then you have all this shame and this guilt that you're carrying around. What kind of life is that? It's much easier to do recovery than to do addiction. Mm-hmm. And until a person wakes up and realizes that, they're going to either die, they're going to wind up in an institution, or wind up in jail.
0: Okay. Thank, thank, thanks for that now again coming to the stereotyping part you know people coming from these poor backgrounds here it's a popular trend that uh, you know most of these uh, crime related individuals who are also addicts who are uh, who operate under the influence of many substances every time uh, you know the society views at them you know most often they are uh, you know social ethnic minorities and they come from poor backgrounds so this uh, addicts, criminals, uh, you know, these terms are getting stereotyped under the minority circle. So every time, uh, 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 you know, uh, crime happens, the news comes out. And if the the perpetrator, who is uh, the criminal there, uh, you know, turns out to be a minority, then they say, oh, this is a minority, he must be an addict. And and so, you know, attaching these social identities to this crime and addiction, How prevalent has it been from your experience, and how do we
2: differentiate? Well, here's the thing okay, an addict is an addict is an addict. I don't care if they're poor, if they're middle class, or they're wealthy. Okay, they all commit the same atrocities, okay, crimes, murder, rape, all of them. Only difference is people that have money have good lawyers, and they stay out of the papers. At least, I mean, look. That's reality, okay? And the bottom line is uh, the poor people get a bad rap because, oh, it's only them, those people. No, it's not true, okay? It's just the human race has gone, I believe, to the dark side, and drugs is the catalyst to even drive it further. But there's light, okay? There are people like yourself. There's people like me that are out there doing our best to educate people and to show them that there is help but you have to go and get it. And and that's what the story is. So yeah, poverty, okay, is a big driver for for crime. But the other people commit crimes too. And there's more people in poverty than there there is people that are wealthy. So of course you're gonna have more people in poverty commit crimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I understand. Thanks for bringing that out because this is something we as a society here are, are, uh, struggling to get our heads around. Uh, there's a whole lot of stereotyping happening which shouldn't happen. So, you know, the, the problem is we are not defining the problem correctly and we don't have a consensus on what the problem definition is. And so we are kind of all over the place. Uh, the next question that I have is, you know, if someone is afraid, you know, if someone, you know, has been using, you know, has been smoking, drinking, uh, or has been an occasional user of drugs. They don't do it regularly, but occasionally, uh, but at some point they get this internal fear, then, hey, am I getting addicted to this? Am I becoming an addict in the process? Uh, You know, if if someone gets that concern, what should be their next steps in terms of getting out of that?
2: Well, real simple stuff. If you want to learn how to, uh, let's say, play tennis you go to people that are experts in tennis if you want to learn how to protect yourself from addiction you go to people that know about addiction it's not that difficult problem is most people are afraid or embarrassed to go get help okay and most people are in denial they don't realize they have an addiction and what i tell people i tell you what look at your life OK, how's your life doing? All right? You're doing drugs, you lost that job. Oh, you're doing alcohol, you got a DUI. Or oh, uh, you wind up in jail, OK? Or you wind up divorced because you drank too much. Well, if your life is totally unmanageable like that, maybe you have a problem. It's not that difficult. Mm-hmm. Most people that don't understand this make it difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of shame attached to it, a lot of guilt, you know, and quite often people say, well, you know, uh, I'll give you an example, work addiction, okay, real simple. Well, I have to work, you know, I got to support my family, so I work seven days a week and I bring work home, and I don't spend any time with my family, but if it wasn't for me, they wouldn't have a roof over their head, they wouldn't have food on the table. Only trouble is this, after a while. They no longer have a family, because nobody's there anymore, because they never was there for them. You see what I'm saying? So addiction okay, permeates their whole life. It doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if it's drugs or it's alcohol. Uh, Let's look at smoking cigarettes. We all know that smoking cigarettes is right on a pack of cigarettes in the United States that it can cause cancer. Well, you gotta ask yourself, why am I doing something that's gonna create hardship for me and my family and that could kill me? Maybe you're addicted and you can't stop. So what do you do? You go to a professional for help. And most people say, well, well, I, I could do it on my own. Well, how are you doing? Did you quit? Oh yeah, I quit for a week. Are you still smoking? Oh, yeah, I smoke a little bit now. I only smoke smoke a half a pack instead of a whole pack. So what does that mean? You're only killing yourself half the time? (laughs) What what are we talking about? Well, that's the logic addicts use, Mm -hmm. which is like stupid. I know, because I did the same logic. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. thanks for that. Now, uh, I have noticed that in cases, especially with people who drink a lot uh, you know they remain drunk most of the day and you know they don't have proper jobs definitely they do come from poor backgrounds they uh, either they, 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 they operate in the extremes they are either like they remain lost they don't talk to anyone they can they are, they are a loner or they have a very short fuse they get angry quickly and they're they are viewed as a very violent person and they have such short fuse that in some cases uh, on, on silly issues, uh, you know, they, they pick a fight within their family, and uh, you know, if it is a younger person who is the addict, uh, the younger person uh, ends up committing suicide. The one who's under so this impact of alcohol, drugs uh, on the psychology, and you know what what can it do to people? Can you briefly explain that?
2: Okay, real simple. Your brain is not working properly. Number one. Number two, you're doing something you know is wrong, but you can't stop, and you're doing it anyway. So you get really angry. Okay. And everything in your brain, it, it's its heightened. So everything bothers you. Uh, 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 an ant crosses the road. You want to kill it because it's crossing the road. I mean, whatever, you know, oh, you don't talk to me right, or you don't treat me right, or it, it doesn't matter. Because what happens with alcohol, the brain starts to malfunction information. It's like having a computer that's worth $10,000, and it's the best computer you could buy, but it has a virus. So now two or two is now six. But my computer says it's six, so it must be six. And that's how the addicts and alcoholics think. They don't. See, and that's the problem. Alcoholics get very irritable, okay? They, they hold on to resentment for years, for years. You did something to them 20 years ago, they still bring it up to you. That's how alcohol, you know, we have a, a, a like a joke or a saying, uh, the difference between an alcoholic, okay, and an addict. The difference goes like this. If an alcoholic robs you when he's drunk, the next morning when he sobers up, he gives you back your stuff and says he's sorry. If an addict robs you, the next morning he helps you look for your stuff. So, you see what
0: I mean? So, so, so he, he would have no idea that he robbed me. <laughs>
2: right. And he's looking to <laughs> help you to look for it. <laughs> so, you know, listen, the bottom line is it's a very complicated disease because there's a lot of components to it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing is, is that people need to be educated so they can understand what they're up against. Otherwise, they, they go by their emotions and they get fight back and people, they, they shoot each other over this stuff. I mean, it gets crazy because you can't understand why is he talking to me like that? Why does he do this to me? I'm so good to him. Uh, well, you're good to a crazy person. Okay. And alcohol makes you crazy. But they think they're justified. If you didn't do this, I wouldn't do that. That's how an alcoholic and addict things. because their brain's not working. But,
0: uh, you know, you know uh, let's take the case of alcohol and cigarettes. Uh, although they are, uh, you know, uh, scientifically proven that they cause damage, both physically, emotionally, and so on. All drugs
2: cause damage.
0: Yeah. So, you know, especially, but drugs, most of the drugs are illegal. They are contraband, but alcohol and cigarettes are you know, legally accessible products to the regular consumers. You know,
2: know why? why they're legal? Why? Because the governments make money off of it.
0: It's the same case here. The government literally runs the liquor shops. Of course. Yeah, there's no private trade of liquor possible here, where, where I am coming
2: from. Yeah, it's the way all over the world. It's all about <laughs> money, not about people. Mm-hmm. Now, my question is,
0: so all of these, you know, uh, whoever is an addict now, whether they are, you know, violent, criminal, uh, or just a, 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 you know, harmless addict harming themselves, uh, you know, it, it begins from the first time they try those products. And it, it could even begin as a friendly affair, you know, they, they go out with their friends uh, for a drink, uh, you know, they, the first time they do it, they they experiment with it. They are very young. Uh, you know, someone else bought them the alcohol or cigarette that they tried it the first time. Yeah, they so have what, fun,
2: they throw up, they do all this stuff. Yeah so, so what, so cool.
0: yeah, so what begins as a one-time experiment at one end kind of ends up in addiction. So uh, how does uh, one ensure that, you know, uh, you know, uh, this experimenting with this doesn't lead them to addiction.
2: Okay, you know? here's the deal. With, with a lot of people, especially young kids, a lot of them are introverted. They, they, they keep to themselves. They have a drink and all of a sudden now, they're dancing, they're having fun, they're talking. i, I give you an example. When I had my treatment center, you know, uh, I'm, I'm also a professional dancer and my mother was also a semi-pro dancer. So my mother used to work for us. And, and what we used to do is we used to teach addicts and alcoholics how to dance. Now, a lot of them say, well, I don't want to get up and down. I don't want to make a fool out of myself. So I start to laugh and they go, why are you laughing? I said, you ever see a drunk guy dance? <laughs> I said, you don't want to make a fool of yourself. You ever see what you look like when you were drunk trying to dance? So he says, look, you try and you see and they started dancing and having fun. We were teaching them how to dance sober, straight, okay? And make the comparison that when you're drunk and you feel like, well, I could do anything, and oh, I could talk to people, what's easier? You ever listen to your conversation, and you sound like an idiot. I don't know where you, go, you know, like that, right? So, yeah. and, and, and they think it's okay. So they get attracted to it. Where, where, it has to go is from the beginning, we have to teach people to be able to express themselves, okay, how to get those emotions out of their body and feel safe doing it. And to realize that you can't stuff this stuff down, okay, because it's gonna come up eventually anyway. So when you look for a substance to release this, it comes out all crooked. So that's the catalyst for people that start using substances, they feel free, my mind is expanded, I can talk now, I don't have a problem talking to a woman or a girl anymore, uh, and vice versa, I feel more uh, relaxed, you know? And it's very attractive to somebody who's an introvert, who doesn't feel relaxed around people, who doesn't know how to talk to a woman, so hey, I have a drink, I'm able to do that. And that's why people do that. Instead of dealing with, why am I like that? And fixing it at that point, instead of looking for something to medicate yourself so you can be the person you want to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely does. Now, uh, you know, there is also this other popular opinion, especially among youngsters, that alcohol, cigarettes are, you know, drugs like marijuana, You know, in terms of, uh, they have this conception that these substances can improve their mental performance. So when they are high, they have more focus, they have more concentrations, and it's a popular trend, especially among medical students, uh, to you know remain high on drugs, especially when they are close to their exams.
2: Well, medical students usually use amphetamines. They use Ritalin. Uh, any of those things for uh, uh, attention deficit disorder to focus their brains. Uh, there's a lot of other things you can use, like ty- L-tyrosine can help you focus your brain. Uh, it's an amino acid, and there's a lot of nutrients that can help you. And if your brain's not, if you're not able to focus with your brain, then what's going on? What are you doing that's preventing you from this beautiful brain you have that can do anything? What is making it malfunction? We're not looking at these things. We're looking at quick fixes. I take a pill, I can focus. In the beginning, it works. Oh yeah, it works. But for how long? And then what happens? All right, then your life turns to garbage. Then you can't stop anymore. Now, it's like alcohol. Alcohol is fun in the beginning. Ah, I can talk, I can dance, all right? But then after a while, you're home alone, you're drinking, you're angry, you know, you feel isolated, you feel lonely, you feel bored, you feel depressed, it works opposite. So addiction is short-term success and long-term failure. And that's what people don't get. Mm
0: Okay. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. It does. It, it, it definitely does. Because this, this popular opinion, but, but my question, again, following up on that is, uh, how correct is that assumption that a, a, a substance that can get a person high uh, can actually improve their performance of any kind? Is that even related?
2: Well, Bill, here's the deal. Okay. It all depends what drug you're talking about. Number one. If you're talking about a cocaine or amphetamine, okay, your mind starts to really cook, you have all these ideas, but the problem is, most of the time you don't follow through. Because it's 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 fake, it's not real, it's not, it seems real, it seems you're all excited because you're, you're flushing dopamine into your brain, and your brain is like, I can remember when I used to get high, oh, I'm going to do this. And, Oh, I can't believe I thought about all this stuff. And it it worked opposite. You know, when it came down, everything went away. You know, Uh, as far as expanding the brain, uh, a lot of plant medicines do that. Okay. But people abuse that too. All right. Uh, You know, you got ayahuasca, you got Ibogaine. You got, I'm one of the leading experts on Ibogaine which is a substance that detoxes people within 24 hours. And they have, uh, it's, it's partially a psychedelic. And what they do is they go on, uh, um, a, you could call it a spiritual journey in their brain, okay? And they have a whole cognitive retrieval of all their, their uh, uh, traumas from their childhood. And they have what is known as a cathartic experience which means they have what is known as resolution. They, they come to a conclusion where now when those traumas come up, it's like the trauma is over here and the emotion is over there and they're not connected anymore. So it doesn't affect you the same way. Um, well, I work with began is the best detox. We use it for detoxing people on opiates and alcohol and, and drugs like that. Um, I work with Dr. Deborah Mash. She's a neuromolecular molecular scientist at the University of Miami School of Medicine. And uh, we had a, a detox center in St. Kitts for about, about 12 years. We would detox you. Nobody could believe that a person on heroin, 20 bags of heroin a day, could detox in 24 hours and not have any cravings anymore and very minimal uh, um, rebound from it. You know, so there are substances out there that can help people. But again, uh, the pharmaceutical companies don't want these things because they're they're bushes, they're they're, uh, herbs, and they can't patent it, so they can't make money from it. So they try to attack it all the time. Now, ibogaine is a dangerous drug. If if it's in the wrong hands and, and people don't know, how to, um, to do it medically. Otherwise, when we did it, okay, in the, in the island of St. Kitts, we would first put a heart monitor on them, okay, because it lowers your heart rate. All right, so a heart monitor would check to see if their heart's okay. We gave them a full medical workup. We gave them a toxicology test to see what's on board, what kind of substances they were doing. Then if they passed, we would take them, to the island and we repeat a lot of it, making sure they don't have any other drugs on them because addicts, before they get detoxed, they want one more uh, last hurrah, you know, so we made sure they didn't have anything on them. And then what we would do is we would put them in a bed, they would put eye shades on them, they would put a headset with music, okay, we would have a nurse by their side, they would have a heart monitor attached to them and an IV in their arm in case there was any kind of an event. And we would give them what is known as a test dose to see how they would tolerate. And if they tolerated it properly, we give them a full dose. And then they would be out for about anywhere from 8 to 12 hours, depending if they're a fast metabolizer or a slow metabolizer. And when they would come out, they have what is known as a cognitive retrieval of all this information, and they have resolution with it. And what happens is, they have the best recovery rates, especially if they, they need to go to treatment afterwards and work on all these behaviors that they created. Okay? But this substance gives them an opportunity to do that. For about 30, 60, 90 days, they have no cravings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh,
0: so there are things out there. Sure. Uh, huh? some, sounds like a very... Uh, scientific and elaborate process. Uh, is, is this uh, medicine and this whole process uh, uh, an expensive one? Can everyone afford it?
2: Well, right now, okay, the only way you can get it, you can't get it in the United States because it's considered a Schedule I drug. Okay. So there's places in uh, Canada, uh, Mexico, um, Central America that uh, People go there to do this drug. Now, the problem is is that it's around $6,500 or $7,500. It's different prices, okay, different places to do this. And then you have to be careful of who's doing it with you to make sure that they're doing this medically properly. Just like going to a regular detox. You can't just go in a hotel room and somebody detoxes you because they don't know what kind of health you're in, They don't know what kind of drugs are on board that could counteract what they're doing and on and on and on and on. What we're we're attempting to do is make this legal, okay, so we can get the price where it's just part of regular treatment. But that's a few years down the line. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of uh, probability of success when it comes to recovering from addiction, let's say uh, someone... uh, gets introduced to alcohol at the age of 13 or 14. And right now that person is 40 years old. So since 13 years, this person has been drinking. At 40 or 45, is there a realistic possibility for that person to come out of that addiction?
2: Of course. I know people 70 years old that came off alcoholism and addiction. It doesn't matter the age. What matters is if you want it bad enough if you're in enough pain you know to want to change if you got support that's what it takes mm-hmm. you know you need support you can't do this on your own mm-hmm. there's no way in hell you're going to do it on your own because the
0: reason i asked that question is someone who has been using a substance for 2 3 decades of their life uh, you know uh, won't they have developed a physical dependency on that substance that, you know, not have, not doing that is going to uh, not go well with their body? You know, like 20 years of drinking and then uh, someday we are going, you know, that person is going to say, I'm not going to drink anymore. Their body is going to respond.
2: Now, you cannot just stop drinking if you're drinking every day. And depending on what you're drinking also, mm-hmm. you have to go to detox because you can have a seizure. Just like benzodiazepines, like Valium and Xanax and and, and, uh, all those kind of drugs, class of drugs, you must go to a a medical place to get detoxed properly. Otherwise, you can go into a seizure and die. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, so even for individuals who have been drinking uh, or using drugs for many years, there is a uh, possibility for them to recover from that addiction, irrespective of. Absolutely,
2: their age. I, I've been I was doing drugs for 20 years. Okay. I'm in recovery, going on 36 years now. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, f- looking at it from an administrative angle, you did mention, you know, how uh, there are different ways. Once we legalize a certain uh, set of treatments, you know, this help could be offered to many people in may- many more affordable ways. Uh, the same way here alcoholism is by far the bigger addiction problems uh, from an Indian context and some states tried prohibition uh, and uh, You know, so when when the state administration announced prohibition the entire population Appreciated it. They they praised the effort. But once the prohibition law came into effect within three weeks everything it went it Black market uh, people are still drinking, but they are buying it illegally. The prices have gone up. Uh, you know, illicit uh, liquor is in the market, and it's, it's haywire now.
2: Listen, in reality is this. They've been trying to stop drugs and alcohol forever. Yeah. It doesn't work. So the best thing to do is legalize it, I believe, mm-hmm. tax it, okay, but use the money for treatment and education, Because you're not going to, people want to drink, they're going to drink. Just like we had prohibition in our country, it didn't work. Marijuana, people were going to jail for 10, 15 years for smoking pot. It's ridiculous. Okay? We need to educate people. If you need a substance, okay, to change your behavior or your emotions, that tells you something's wrong with you. So if you fix what's wrong with you, you no longer have to spend money on that substance. Mm-hmm. You see, but, but everybody wants a quick fix.
0: Mm-hmm. But by legalizing and taxing that, uh, you know, we, we would be creating access to that substance, uh, but the, uh, the price of that substance would significantly go up. Uh, but, uh, and if no, it
2: will go the opposite, it will go down. Because okay. if it's controlled by the government, okay Mm -hmm. and it's standardized because a lot of people the reason they die like for heroin let's say you don't know what's in heroin so if it's fentanyl or carfentanyl or any of these other substances in there that can kill you Mm -hmm. okay it's unregulated Mm -hmm. so it's just like prostitution okay it's been around for thousands of years now in amsterdam they have legalized prostitution they have to have a medical card they have to go and they have to do a medical to see if they get any diseases. And to me, it's the best way to do something. You're not going to stop it. So at least control it and educate people about it and protect people from it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. OK. Now, uh, you know, uh, for, for the benefit of our audience, uh, you know, can you give a brief account of uh, you know, a lot of these drugs, you know, apart from alcohol and cigarettes, the drugs, uh, you know, they are not necessarily uh, chemicals that fall under the edible segment. Those are not non- Those are very strong chemicals often used for many other purposes. Can you give us a background, something like, hey, do you know what this comes from? It comes from this. And can you give us a brief account so that, uh, you know, we can raise our awareness in terms of when someone says drug, they are actually consuming the byproduct of some other dangerous Chemical process, which might, which is significant from an industry perspective, but that has nothing to do with taking it inside. Oh, what's water.
2: happening? What's happening in this country, which is really scary? Uh, they're putting fentanyl, which is, which is an elephant tranquilizer. Okay. okay. The, they're the not elephants. The
0: dark guns. Huh? The dark guns. They shoot at elephants.
2: Yeah, it's fentanyl. It's called. Yeah. It's it's a drug that. It's, it's really a bad drug, very powerful drug. Mm-hmm. And they're putting it on cocaine. They're putting it on pot. They're putting it in drinks. And you don't know what you're drinking. You don't know what you're eating. You don't know what you're smoking. And people are dying. You got these idiots that are, because people want a better high. So they give them something that makes them even higher. And they're dying. What what I don't understand is why would a drug dealer want to kill his clients? Mm-hmm. that's what it is.
0: But, but what are the usual compounds, and you know what are the sources of these materials? What what people call drugs, what are they actually? Where do they come from? What processes? Okay, well, okay. Cocaine
2: comes from the, cocaine comes from the coca leaf. Okay, that's grown in, in Peru and, and, and Colombia. And, Places like that, uh, uh, opiates are come from poppy plants. Okay, it's used as a medication also in the medical field. All right, uh, all these different drugs come from different plants and different. Uh, some of them are, are chemically made, and uh, that's just the way it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what could be the side effect of using these uh, chemically made drugs? Which drug? Uh, a, 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 anything for that matter. You know, the side effects, the physical side effects.
2: Okay, physical side effects. Okay, so you, got, you get depression, you can get anxiety.
0: But that's isn't what that that's... what drives them to the drugs?
2: Yeah, and that's what happens when the drug wears off. It comes out worse. Oh, okay. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a cut. The Band-Aid comes off, the cut's still there. But now it's worse because you got it dirty. Mm -hmm. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, What else could it cause? It could cause your brain to get damaged, your liver, your kidneys to get damaged, Mm -hmm. and your mind to just get lost. And all you do is focus on the drug. That's your new god, Mm -hmm. or your new girlfriend, or your new boyfriend, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. It's really your new master. Mm
0: -hmm. Sure. Uh, uh, The the other part is, you. uh, early on in our discussion, you did mention the issue of alcoholism in India. So what is your view of the alcohol problem here in India? Uh, where do you think we are and where do you think we are headed?
2: Uh, well, I think you're headed for a lot of trouble mm-hmm. because information is slow to get through to other countries. And also it's, it's the cultures are different. So the cultural, like I, I work with Native American Indians. Now, regular treatment really doesn't work very well for them. Uh, you got to get them back to their heritage. You got to get them back to their language you got to get them back to their, uh, their ceremonies, uh, to give them a backbone of who they are as human beings on this planet. And people with rich cultures cultures like that, when they do drugs and alcohol, they lose all of that. And so each country and each culture has to be treated a little bit different than you would treat it in another country. So. That's what I do, I'm a consultant for, for treatment centers and how to design them. You know, I've, I traveled all over the world. The only place I haven't been actually is India, to be honest with you. But I've traveled everywhere, I've been to China, I've been to Thailand, I've been to Bangkok, I've been everywhere. Right. Europe, South America, Central America. And, and, and each place is a little different on how you have to treat it because there are a different set of circumstances that has to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And then there's different resources that have to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, there's a lack of resources. Most of the time, some of the governments treat it as as a, a crime, and instead of putting people in treatment, they put them in jail. Uh, it's different everywhere, and there's no standard of care because there's no standard of understanding of what they're dealing with. People think it's a moral issue. They think it's a, a, a um, yeah a moral issue where people are weak, okay, and they should be able to stop. Um, it was interesting. I, I I teach therapy. I was always I teaching at one of the colleges, and I had group therapy. I had a bunch of people in there, and they were asking the same question: Well, why do people do drugs? Why can't they just stop? So I asked everybody. I said, how many people here smoke cigarettes? So a couple of them said they do. I said, how many people here drink coffee every day? And everybody raised their hand. I said, I tell you what, I want you to quit coffee, and I want you to quit smoking for a month. Everybody went, what? Wow, wow, wow. Why do I have to do that? I said, well, you want to know what addiction's like, quit your favorite substance, and see how easy it is to do that, and increase that a hundredfold when it comes to drugs and alcohol. And now you know what it's like to be a drug addict or an alcoholic. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean that that's uh, uh, very profound, and you know that is something we need to think about it because that's that, that's when we stand in the shoes of the addicts and uh, the right. understanding of what they that's actually right. go through. You know, you know, if we remove all the exterior rough, uh, uh, you know, uh, features that they have, they might be violent, they might have. A crime around them, but deep inside they are battling a problem and we need to have that empathy towards them. And I think that's the starting problem a starting point for the solution to this problem. But yeah, we are towards the end of this discussion. I remember you did mention uh, uh, You are planning for a podcast. Uh, to fight the addiction problem, and you yes, I uh, yeah, uh, please uh, tell us about you know what's going to be it's in your podcast. How to beat
2: your addiction? How to beat your addictions and live a quality life? Mm-hmm. And the other one is beat your addictions. Mm-hmm. And we're we're going to start promoting that in another uh, in another couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I started doing this again uh, is because people are dying all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I kind of like, well, I didn't retire, really. And I say I retired. I saw my treatment center in 2012. But for people out there that thinks that they can't get motivated, well, let me give you a little quick story. Do you have time? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Please go ahead. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, remember, I said I was homeless. I was a, a poor kid. I was an inner city kid. Okay, I was in gangs. I only went to the ninth grade. Uh, I got left back in the sixth grade, okay? All of those things that happened to me, right? When I got into recovery, I went back to school, I got my GED, that's an equivalency diploma here in the United States, right? Uh, I went back to school, I got my certifications and everything for my um, being a therapist, and I opened up a treatment center with $300, and we, that was in about 20 years ago. And in 2012, we sold it for $45 million. So if you don't think you can do anything with your life, don't believe it. Now, I can't believe that this happened to me. And I wrote a book about my life story. So to show people, no matter what education they have, and my family was like a mafia family. My uncles were hitmen. Matter of fact, my first wedding, my uncle killed a caterer at the wedding because he insulted him in front of the family. All right, well, we said the uncle. We Let's put it this way. One of the family members killed somebody at my wedding. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: <laughs> okay? And all this stuff that happened with my family and, and my educa- lack of education and uh, coming from poverty, being homeless, I turned my life completely around. And I write books, I lecture all over the world, I work with scientists from all over the world, and I became a multimillionaire. And whoever would have thought that when I first started this journey of recovery? I definitely didn't. Mm -hmm. And I tell people this, not to brag and say how great I am, but to show them that no matter how low you get, no matter what life throws at you, you can't change and you can't be successful, Mm -hmm. but you gotta do the work and you can never give up Mm -hmm. and follow your dreams and follow your passions and keep going for it. And most of all, try to do your best to get a God of your understanding, whatever that is. And learn to be kind instead of right. Do your best not to lie, cheat or steal. And help people less fortunate than you mm-hmm. and you may just be okay mm-hmm.
0: sure thanks for that now the last thing is uh, you know you did say uh, the, you know uh, uh, mention how governments are not doing something that they should do and there is some element of legalization which is yet to happen so you know two are you know leaders of the future. Uh, you know, what would you suggest uh, uh, to the younger audience here saying, you know, if they ever get into the administration or into public life moving forward, how should they act against this addiction issue from a policy standpoint? What is required and what is not happening? What are the areas where, you know, the youngsters of today can contribute moving forward?
2: Well, first of all, you have to, you have to be a very well educated in this addiction. Okay, and not just from a, 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 an intellectual apart, just like myself, you know, being an addict in recovery, having kids that are in recovery, um, being in all these medical journals, and being respected by all these scientists and doctors, and writing books on this, and doing all this stuff, I, 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 I created a persona that when I talk to governments or to other people, they have a tendency to listen because they have a very strong background. And I'm actually, I'm a recovering addict. So I could tell them about addiction, you know, not just from a book. See, because I lived it. And that's what I do. So I tell people to go to my website, you know, government people, whoever. It's johnjgiordano.com. I think you went there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So when you go there, you'll see all the things, all the television shows, all the magazines I write for, all the research, all the things that I do. And this way, uh, if I can get in front of government people, uh, I, can, I can help them to understand what actually they need to do. And they do it in a business sense, not just to do it altruistically and spend all kinds of dollars, all right? but to do it fiscally properly and really, really help people. You know, it's just like in this country. People say, well, you know, uh, people on, on, uh, on um, uh, food stamps, uh, you know, all these people that have all these different things, uh, they don't belong in there. Well, they're not all wrong. I say about maybe about 60% of them don't belong in that. You know, they're scammers. But 40% really do need it. So what they have to do is if the way to fix that is real simple, okay? You catch the people that are doing the crooked stuff, and you hire them to catch the other people that do the crooked stuff, because they know how to do it. And that's how you start to resolve some of these things. You know, it's just like um, one of my friends is a mayor. And I told him, I said, he was having problems with his building department. So he wanted to ask the people that work in the building department how they can make it better. I said, no, 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 you don't do that. I said, everybody has their own agenda. I said, here's how you do it. You get five secret shoppers, people that go in there that want to, you know, uh, that deal with the building department and they want to get permits and they want to get all this stuff. See what their experiences are and they'll tell you where the weaknesses are in your building department. And that's what they did and they fixed it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, thanks for that advice. Uh, I'm sure our audience uh, finds the discussion uh, very, very beneficial. Uh, You know, we are towards the end. So thank you, John, for taking time to discuss uh, addiction and possible solutions. Uh, You did open our eyes towards, uh, you know, what we were seeing as uh, acts of crime where uh, you know addicts you know we, you know i i i i have to say i myself had that feeling okay these guys are doing it wrong well what they are doing wrong is a consequence of something else which has been wrong for a very long time so there are so many things to it they do have a battle inside themselves and i think we you know you really opened us our eyes towards that uh, empathy angle of this issue and uh, and so thanks for taking time to answer the questions uh, thanks for joining us on this episode
2: and listen, and thank you, and God bless you, because you're doing really good work for your, for mankind and for your country. So sure. thank you for having me on.
1: I'm, I'm glad I
2: could
1: help. All right. Thank Alrighty. You. Thanks for joining. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. I'm going to ask you about this topic. I don't want to ask you about this topic. I'm going to tell you about this topic. Who is now? Who is now? Who is now? Who is now? அப்படி மது போதைப் பொருளுக்கு அடிமையாகிற veli வெளியில வந்து ரொம்ப வித்தியாசமா உங்க தென் படலாம். ஒரு வெரியனாவோ. ஒரு ரொம்ப வன்முறை சிந்தனை உடைவராவோ. அந்த வரலாம் ஆனா அவங்களுக்கு அவங்க ஒரு பெரிய இருக்காங்க. அவங்க அதுவே அந்த போதை பொருளுக்கு காரணம். அவங்க போதை பொருளுக்கு அடிமையானதே ஒரு ஒரு போராட்டத்தnal அடிமையாகி அந்த அடிமைತನனுமே ஒரு இன்னொரு போராட்டமா மாறிடுது. இப்படிதான் உங்களுக்குள்ள வந்து ஒரு பெரிய கஷ்டத்துல தான் அங்க இருப்பாங்க. இது வந்து நம்ம எல்லாரும் புரிஞ்சிக்க வேண்டிய ஒரு விஷயம். அது ஒரு சொன்னதுல வந்து தெளிவா இன்னொண்ணும் தெரியிறது என்னன்னா பெரும்பாலும் எளியமான பொருளாதார சூழ்நிலையில இருக்குறவங்க ஏழைங்களுக்கு வந்து இந்த மாதிரி போதைப்பொருளுக்கு அடிமையாகிறதுக்கான வாய்ப்பு அதிகம். ஏன்னா உங்களுக்கு சரியான மருத்துவம், கல்வி இந்த வசதிகள் எல்லாம் வந்து போய் சேர்றது அது நாளியே வந்து அவங்க இந்த இதுக்கு இந்த மாதிரி போதை பொருளுக்கு அடிਮੀ ஆயிடுறாங்க அப்படிங்கறதவர் சொன்னாரு. ஆக நம்ம நாட்டுல இப்ப எப்படி நிலமை இருக்கோ இதே மாதிரி தான் ஆனா அவங்க கிட்ட அதிலிருந்து மீண்டு வர்றதுக்கான பல வசதிகள் இப்ப நம்ம கிட்ட பேசணும் தெனி புன்னரே எடுத்து காட்டு தான். يعني இந்த மாதிரி நிறைய பேர் அங்க வேலை நம்ம நாட்டிலும் இப்படி வேலை செய்றாங்க. ஆனா எல்லாருக்கும் ஒரு டி அதுக்கு wasih diwai pirlka, adapun ini beri purna ririka na kelaya ada, adukahsa inda padi be, dayusinji itu orang ludi anubur hal utara roven orang orang perindukongga, yere hal antraa dengga cihal dino sambari kirdilah, padi ya kundupe kudicik duga ngga, avangasu ameisto, amena ana panua, abdi nu mula lah, ana, awing inda meri sambari kirdilah padi sor அது இப்ப இது ஒரு காலத்துலலாம் வந்து எல்லா குடும்பத்திலயுமே வந்து அந்த வைசானமா குடிကြங்க ஒரு சிலர் இருப்பாங்க நீங்க அத பின்னாடி சிந்திச்சு பார்த்தావோ இல்ல உங்க வீட்ல கேட்டு பார்த்தావோ அவங்க 70 80 வயசு வரைக்கும் குடிச்சிட்டு இருந்திருப்பாங்க உள்ள எல்லாம் கிட்னி liver எல்லாமே போயிடும் ஆனா ஆளு இருப்பாங்க கடைசி வரைக்கும் ஆனா இன்னைக்கு தேதில கிடையாது 15 வயசுல குடிக்க ஆரம்பிச்சら 35 40 வயசுல மாரடைப்புல செத்தே Ia boleh முடியும் ஒரு Orang pada zaman jiruzaan di kalat la, anda yang berdua ini sering dikumpul cik cik orang le, awang le, dia ini macam mana kuricara pernah. Anak iran thala ama sah le ini sahra. Karena mana na, கலப்படம் செய்யப்பட்ட மதுபானங்கள் விற்பனையில் இருக்குங்கிறது எல்லါருக்கு தெரிஞ்சုံமே தெரிஞ்சீங்க போய் அத வாங்கி குடிச்சிட்டு என்ன என்ன கலக்குறாங்கங்கிறது தெரியாது கலக்குறவணுக்கே தெரியாது ஆஹா இப்டலாம் இருக்குது நமக்கு வந்து இந்த அடிక్షన్ प्रॉब्लम அப்படிங்கிறது மற்ற நாடுகளோட நம்ம நாட்டுக்கு வந்து கொஞ்சம் பெரிய பிரச்சன இது வந்து இப்போதான் ஆரம்பிக்குது வளர ஆரம்பிக்குது இதல வெளிநாட்டில இருந்து விலை உயர்ந்த ரசாயன போதை பொருள் வரை உள்ள இதோட இயக்கம் என்னவா இருக்கும் அப்படிங்கிறது நம்ம ரொம்ப கவன உன்னிப்பா கவனிக்கணும் ஏனா இப்ப ಅವರು சொல்ற அந்த ஓபாய்டு கிரைசிஸ்னு போதை பொருல்ல போதை அதிகமாக இன்னும் கொஞ்சம் ரசாயனத்தை கலக்குறாங்க இருக்குற பொருல்ல போதை மருந்த கலந்து எடுத்துக்கிட்டது காலம் போய் போதை பொருல்ல போதை அதிகமாக்குறதுக்காக இன்னொரு ரசாயனத்தை கலக்குறாங்க போதை பொருளுக்கு கலப்புட போதை பொருளே அப்படி போய் எல்லாரும் செத்துக்கிட்டு அப்ப இதே நிலை இங்கேயும் வரும் Orkala kat atas tu lah. Nampin orang di Nellore kira la. Anak awal rodekan ini pun budi ini kurang sikit lah mandro. Anak Nampun Nellore mah orang lorang musim ayirukum. Apa ini orang soldrai re. Ini Nampun sendiri pakai winter bismam. Enaknya doranal dana. Jaliya senja inna tapi apunin solli. Ini memerik rasain banyak peralihan heroin cocaine mette. Apun lalai arah நீங்கள அழிவேங்க உங்க குடும்பமும் சேர்ந்து அழிஞ்சிப் போறோம் பார்க்கனே பல பேர் வந்து இந்த கலப்புட செஞ்ச மதுவால பல குடும்பங்கள் அழிஞ்சிருக்கு இதிலே இன்னேத்தனை குடும்பங்கள் நம்ம இழக்க போறோங்கிறது நமக்கு தெரியாது நியாயமான சிந்தனதான் அவன் சம்பாரிக்கிறான் அவன் காசு அவன் எதை வாங்கி குடிக்கட்டும் குடிக்காத நான் தொட்டி கட்டி குளிக்கிட்டான் அது அவனுடைய உரிமை அது வந்து நம்ம எதுவும் பெருசா முடியாது ஆனா குடுக்குற காசுக்கு தரமான பொருள் தான் கிடைக்குதாங்கிறது தெரியல கண்டதையும் கலந்து விக்கறாங்க 70 waktu yang bodoh ways lalu yang kurus itu ada ikut rendah kalau mpo iye, nampu dewasa tanpa mateng ramu putusan jua silam marah di plus itu berang. Advi orang pergi sendi hati yeru waktu, apa najis mahabih yang kurikir itu madu panam dana aparin gara orang keliling அகா அந்த மாதிரி ஏதாவது ஒரு குழுவோட உங்களுக்கு தொடர்பு இருந்தா அந்த தொடர்புயே துண்டிச்சிடுங்க ஏனா அவங்க மத்தியில நல்ல பேர் வாங்கணும்ங்கிறதுக்காக நீங்க வெளியಾಟா போய் போய் இதுக்கு நீங்க ஆயிட்டீங்கனா உங்க உங்க குடும்பமும் தடுத்து அப்படி உங்களுக்கு யாராவது மது போதை பொருளுக்கு அது கேட்ட நீங்க எப்ப நீங்க அப்டின்போது அவர் என்ன சொன்னாருன்னா ஒரு பொருளே அது மதுவோ இல்ல பொருளோ பயன்படுத்திறதுனால உனக்கு தீங்கு வருதுன்னு தெரியுது தெரிஞ்சோ அதை நீ திரும்பத் திரும்ப பயன்படுத்திக்கிட்டே இருக்கு அபடினாக நீ அடிక్షన్ நீ அடிక్షన్ல போயிட்டேன்னு அர்த்தம் நீ அதுக்கு அடிமை ஆயிட்டேன்னு அர்த்தம் ஏன்னா அது செய்ய முன்னால இருக்க முடியல உனக்கு தெரியும் அது செஞ்சா உனக்கு கெடுதல்னு உன்னை சுத்தி இருக்கவங்களையும் அது பாதிக்குதுன்னு தெரியும் ஆனா அது செய்யாம உன்னால இருக்க முடியாது இததான் சிந்திச்சு பார்க்க வேண்டிய விஷயம்.னால நம்ம சுத்தி நிறைய பேர் இப்படி இருக்கலாம். அப்படி இருந்தாக்க தயவு செஞ்சா அவங்க வந்து ரொம்ப கெட்டவங்களா பாத்துறாதேங்க. அவங்க என்ன மாதிரியான சூழ்நிலையில இருந்து அந்த பੜக்கத்துக்கு போனங்கிறது நம்ம சிந்திக்க வேண்டிய விஷயம். அதுவும் இந்த எடுத்தா மட்டும் பத்தாது. ஆனா பத்தாது. சுத்தி முயற்சி எடுக்கணும். ஏனா உங்களுக்கு திரும்பி அந்த பழக்கத்துக்குள்ள போயிர கூடாது. ஆஹா உங்களுக்கு அன்பு அரவணைப்பு நம்ம வந்து கொடுத்து ஆகணும். தயவு சிந்திச்சு பாருங்க. ஏனா இந்த பிரச்சனை நம்ம நாட்டுல அதிகமாகஞ்சா நிறைவேயர் சாகவாங்க. அப்ப நிறைய குடும்பங்கள் பாதிக்கப்படும். இப்பெருகிற நிலமையில நமக்கு இந்த பிரச்சனை தேவல்லாத பிரச்சனை. ஆனா இப்போ இது தவிர்க்க ஒரு பிரச்சனையா ஏற்கனே வந்துருச்சு. ஆனா இது தாக்கம் அதிகமாகிறதுக்கு முன்னாடி இதை குறைச்சு கட்டுபாட்டுக்குள்ள கொண்டு வரணும். அதுக்காக இந்த படிவ போட்டோம். சிந்திச்சு பாருங்க.
2: Indah padu, walaupun anda pergi cerita, <imitarism> time messenger sama bawa le talanggalai itu pakar dikongga.